Welcome. This is an audio compilation of EMM's Reflections on the Stations of the Cross. We invite you to join us as we pray the Liturgy of the Way of the Cross and listen to audio meditations on each station. If you'd like to follow along, you may request the Reflections booklet at the link in the podcast notes. Thank you for joining us. The Way of the Cross In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We will glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom is our salvation, our life and resurrection. Let us pray. Assist us mercifully with your help, O Lord God of our salvation, that we may enter with joy upon the contemplation of those mighty acts whereby you have given us life and immortality. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The First Station Jesus is condemned to death. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. As soon as it was morning, the chief priest with the elders and scribes and the whole council held a consultation, and they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him to Pilate. And they all condemned him and said, He deserves to die. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. Then he handed Jesus over to them to be crucified. God did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain, and entered not into glory before he was crucified, mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace, through Jesus Christ your Son our Lord. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. Station 1. Jesus is condemned to death. In this station, let us reflect, think, meditate, and know that the condemnation of Jesus to death on the cross was for our cause. 
Jesus is condemned to a death that he chose to die in order to save us. This is what I call a death of love. This is Jesus, the Son of God, who died that we may live. All around the world, people are condemned to death because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Some become refugees. Refugees are people who migrate to another country from their country of origin due to war, famine, religious persecution, gang violence, or political unrest. They migrate here to seek refuge, protection, and a better life. Some of these refugees never planned on leaving their country. They never predicted or imagined that things would change for them drastically. But life is unpredictable. Persecution happens, war happens, and political unrest happens, all displacing people. I know this because I had to flee my country to save my life. I preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Muslims in the northern part of Nigeria and was persecuted and threatened by Boko Haram for preaching the gospel and doing charity work in the community. I came to the United States for protection. On arrival at the airport, I asked for asylum and was taken into detention, where I was in prison for over five years, even though I never committed a crime. After searching for me, Boko Haram murdered some of my family members. Jesus told us in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 31 to 46, to welcome the stranger, feed the hungry, and clothe the naked. The question I want every one of us to ask ourselves is, have I done what Jesus Christ commanded us all to do? Have I welcomed a stranger today? Have I fed a hungry person today? Have I visited a sick person or the prisoner? Have I welcomed the refugee? Have I cared for the needs of someone condemned to the death of love? The second station. Jesus takes up his cross. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. Jesus went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Like a lamb, he was led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is mute, so he opened not his mouth. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and riches, and wisdom and strength, and honor and glory and blessing. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose beloved Son willingly endured the agony and shame of the cross for our redemption, give us courage to take up our cross and follow him, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, 
Holy, Immortal One, have mercy upon us. The Second Station Jesus Takes Up His Cross After his condemnation to death and mocking at the hands of the Romans, the Lord Jesus summoned the courage and fortitude to press ahead with his divine mission of redemption. In reading the passage from St. Matthew's Gospel that recounts the mocking the Savior endured as he was led away to be crucified, I am reminded of the persecution and reproaches often aimed at our immigrant brothers and sisters. The shouts of, go back home, or speak English, that are often hurled at these new members of our national family wound the spirit not only of our immigrant siblings, but also of those of us who strive to build a welcoming community for them. How do we confront the hatred that comes their way? The Savior provides our model in this station. In the face of unjust rebukes, he soldiered on with his head held high, with the spirit of confidence that came from being the only begotten Son of our Heavenly Father. We too are sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father, called to take up the crosses in our lives in imitation of the Redeemer. As the Savior said in St. John's Gospel, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me first. In the face of the hate and lies they hurl at our immigrant brethren, we must remember the truth from Holy God that should order our lives. We are his children, no matter our immigration status, our nation of origin, our skin color, or our native tongue. As the Lord begins his journey to Calvary, may we enter into the mystery of his suffering by recalling the universal, unconditional nature of his love for us. There are no borders or foreigners in the kingdom of heaven. The Third Station Jesus Falls the First Time We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, and was born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is the Lord our God. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Let us pray. O God, you know us to be set in the midst of so many and great dangers, that by reason of the frailty of our nature we cannot always stand upright. Grant us such strength and protection as may support us in all dangers, and carry us through all temptations, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. Just to be clear, 
This is what happens when the way of love challenges the way of empire. This is how empire brands those who resist the impulse to conform, to acquiesce, to stay put, to exist within the borders of control, to uphold arrangements that benefit some, to live in such a way that one never calls into question the powers that be with the power of love. When such branding, like a cross, is used to criminalize and dehumanize, it functions surreptitiously to justify the cruelty of a system that harbors the sentiment that society must be defended, and in the same stroke perpetuates a social imaginary that fuels the idea of an impending danger that can only be staved off by fueling the allergic reaction to others, a strategy and message codified in logical, clear, coherent, and concise regulations and press releases. And so Jesus and many a migrant fall under the weight of a branding meant to call into question their very worth as human beings, hermanas y hermanos, that we confess, demonstrate, and proclaim the image and love of God in real time. And so the empire detains, disfigures, isolates, it parades the criminalized and dehumanized in an effort to advance policies and practices of deterrence meant to quell the righteous impulse that fuels the visceral desire and risky journey toward liberation. An impulse rooted in the belief that every person harbors and deserves to live a life marked by dignity, safety, and justice. And so, this is what it looks like to follow the way of love. It is a call to stand with and fall with those who have been criminalized by a system too afraid to receive the gift of resistance to empire, the gift of redemption from exploitation, the gift of renewal for the sake of a just, grace-filled, and welcoming abrazo. It looks like the kind of resistance that taunts the empire as it insists that love is stronger than death that the way of love is not rooted in an abuse of power nor the destruction of human dignity. It is a call to stand, fall, and go in the name of the one that showed us the way of love as a way of solidarity, mercy, and justice. The Fourth Station Jesus meets his afflicted mother. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. To what can I liken you? To what can I compare you, O daughter of Jerusalem? What likeness can I use to comfort you, O virgin daughter of Zion? For vast as the sea is your ruin. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended. A sword will pierce your own soul also, and fill your heart with bitter pain. Let us pray. O God, who willed that in the passion of your Son a sword of grief 
should pierce the soul of the Blessed Virgin Mary, his mother. Mercifully grant that your church, having shared with her in his passion, may be made worthy to share in the joys of his resurrection, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. Station 4. Jesus Meets Mary Mary couldn't do much. Even in the face of her son's terrible and unjust suffering, she roused no protests, gathered no crowds, pleaded with no one. As far as we know, she didn't even say anything. But she was there, present in love to her son even then, witnessing step by step the depth of his suffering, and by so doing, joining him in it. Again, it's not much if you look at it one way, but it is everything too, of course. Because through her simple presence to and with him, Mary drew love back into the picture, and so transformed it for both of them. This, it seems to me, is the work Mary did from the very beginning, and it is the work we are called to also, even when it seems both too much and too little at the very same time. As I write these words, men, women and children are being tortured and terrorised across the globe, and when they flee to our country for protection, we are closing our eyes and shutting our ears, and then sending them away by the tens of thousands. In the face of Mary's astonishing openness to the suffering of her son, my question, I guess, is simply this. Do I dare do as Mary did? Even as I acknowledge my inability to stop the suffering, do I dare open myself to both meeting and being met by its truth? I will be changed if I do, I know, and it will surely be terrible at times. But if I remain, the way Mary herself remained, if I stay, I know that I too will meet Jesus himself, alive both in the people I meet and in the depths of my own heart as well then perhaps I will finally be able to say with Mary, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has looked with favour on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. The fifth station. The cross is laid on Simon of Cyrene. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. As they led Jesus away, they came upon a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, who was coming in from the country, and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. If anyone would come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. 
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, whose blessed Son came not to be served, but to serve, bless all who, following in his steps, give themselves to the service of others, that with wisdom, patience, and courage they may minister in his name to the suffering, the friendless, and the needy. For the love of him who laid down his life for us, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. Growing up in Cincinnati, Ohio, I was often in the company of Jewish adults whose forearms bore the tattooed identification numbers they received upon their arrivals at German concentration camps. They were treated worse than cattle in a herd in an attempt to remove them from the face of humanity. I heard stories of loved ones and lives lost, of torturous injuries incurred at the hands of doctors and guards who served in the camps. I heard of the many suicides of Jews who chose to take their own lives rather than endure another day's existence in a concentration camp. Years before I became a teenager, I knew the story of the SS St. Louis, the German ocean liner which sailed from Germany to North America with over 900 Jewish refugees on board trying to escape Nazi persecution. Turned away by Cuba, Canada, and the United States, the ship returned to Europe where many of those 900 were captured by Nazis and sent to their deaths. I read with a very heavy heart the plight of refugees who seek sanctuary and safety from the dangers and death imposed by drug cartels, militia groups, the ongoing chaos in the Middle East, and even refugees' own governments. I see our country once again turning its back on those whose very lives hang in the very delicate balance between the humane and inhumane behaviors of others. The trauma suffered by modern-day refugees will leave indelible marks on their lives, just as the tattoos on the forearms of those who experience the terror of concentration camps. Of this, I am certain. What of the children who have been turned from their parents' embrace, only to linger under the confinement of our government? What of the refugee who sold all he or she had to escape war, rape, and starvation, only to live for decades in refugee camps, where food, clean water, peace, and solitude are scarce commodities. The fifth station of the cross depicts the event where Simon of Cyrene was pulled from the crowd to help carry Jesus' cross. I cannot help but wonder what that event implies for us. As Christians, we are called to a higher standard than the banners of nationalism and prejudice, of turning our backs on those 
whose languages and customs are different from ours. Rather, we are called to be glorious standard bearers of Christ, who bids us to love our neighbors even as we love ourselves. We are called to take up and carry Jesus' cross, to raise it high in the face of all that is unjust, of all that denies love, and is it unacceptable to the living spirit of our Savior? How will the world know we are Christians if we do not show Christ's love for our neighbors, both near and far? The Sixth Station A woman wipes the face of Jesus. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. We have seen him without beauty or majesty, with no looks to attract our eyes. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. His appearance was so marred beyond human semblance, and his form beyond that of the children of men. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that made us whole and with his stripes we are healed. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. Let us pray. O God, who before the passion of your only begotten Son revealed his glory upon the holy mountain, grant to us that we, beholding by faith the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. Reflection on the Sixth Station A Woman Wipes the Face of Jesus Who was this woman who, according to popular tradition, engaged in this seemingly simple yet radically compassionate and risky gesture towards Jesus at his moment of great suffering? At this point on Jesus' journey towards crucifixion, a crown of thorns had been forcefully placed upon his head, and he had also been brutally struck with reeds. The Sixth Station says that his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance. It is at this moment, on the way to Golgotha, that this woman approached Jesus and wiped the blood and sweat off of his marred face. She later became known as Veronica, derived from the Vera Icona, known as True Image, because in the Stations of the Cross tradition, it is said that when she wiped Jesus' face, the true image of Jesus remained on the veil. Most likely, Veronica represents the many nameless women who followed Jesus to Jerusalem 
and provided for him according to the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew 27, verse 55, Mark 15, verse 41. I'm reminded of the countless nameless women, mothers, teen girls, and younger, who have made the treacherous journey of migration, fleeing economic despair, persecution, and violence in order to have just a small taste of freedom, dignity, and well-being. Like Veronica, their actions were desperate, risk-filled, and motivated by love. Yet who wipes the faces of these women and girls at a time of their greatest suffering and need? Who stands in risk-filled love, compassion, and solidarity with families who are being crucified by border walls, xenophobia, and lack of due process? Veronica, in her bold act of love, was giving back to Jesus what he had modeled for his followers. Love one another as I have loved you. As the people of the Jesus movement, we are called to do no less today. The Seventh Station Jesus Falls a Second Time We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. But as for me, I am a worm and no man, scorned by all and despised by the people. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, in your tender love for the human race, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon him our nature and to suffer death upon the cross, giving us the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant that we may walk in the way of his suffering and also share in his resurrection, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. It's so comforting to know that our Lord Jesus can relate directly to my story. It sure has not been an easy journey to get to where I am today. It's felt like a long walk with a big cross on my back. <laughs> the days when my, my spirit was so exhausted to hope or keep moving. In moments like that, prayer kept me going. How beautiful it is to know that my prayers were going straight to my Heavenly Father who fully understands me and knows how exactly I felt. I think about Jesus' walk to the cross. Everything he did in his ministry was leading up to this moment. He knew that it wouldn't be easy, but he also knew the victory that was on the other side for the people that he loved the most. Because of this, he endured the cross. What hope to know. <laughs> this hope carried me in the darkest of days. On days when I was weak, I was able to be gracious towards myself and not beat myself up because I remembered that the walk was tough for Christ too. He fell along the way. 
And just like Simon of Cyrene was able to help carry the cross, I know I can rely on Christ to help me carry my burdens when it gets heavy. The Eighth Station Jesus Meets the Women of Jerusalem We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. There followed after Jesus a great multitude of the people, and among them were women who bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. Those who sowed with tears will reap with songs of joy. Let us pray. Teach your church, O Lord, to mourn the sins of which it is guilty, and to repent and forsake them, that, by your pardoning grace, the results of our iniquities may not be visited upon our children and our children's children. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, Holy Immortal One, have mercy upon us. Jesus meets the women of Jerusalem. Much like the woman wiping the face of Jesus to offer him comfort and love, we at Interfaith Ministries welcome the stranger and treat our refugee families like family with open arms as they work to settle into their new lives. The Stations of the Cross narrative is filled with pain and suffering as we are reminded of our own worst moments and fears. Jesus is suffering at the hands of a state-sanctioned violence. In this time of violence, he stops, though, to mourn with those who mourn, especially with those who were near the bottom of the social structure at the time. At Interfaith Ministries for Greater Houston's Refugee Services Department, we work with refugee families who have come to America fleeing violence, often violence either sanctioned by the state, supported by the state, or tacitly endorsed by the state. Women and children have often been the most vulnerable in these situations. We look to many faiths and values within faith to support our work. The strength of shared beliefs is at the core of our mission. Drawing from Christian traditions and the story of Jesus' final walk on his own death, we find strength and encouragement, resolve and determination in seeing that Jesus noticed the women who were mourning, the women who had found in Jesus someone who respected them, and we do the same. Our Women's Empowerment Group provides a safe space for refugee women and their children to connect to each other to relevant resources in their new home, as well as members of our Houston community that volunteer tirelessly with the group. Jesus tells the women of trials that are to come, yet perhaps in this example of Jesus' action, we also find a model 
Comforting does not mean we wash over the difficulties or that we ignore the pains of the past and arrogantly boast of some bright future. And the same is with the women we work with. They have come through challenging, even horrific events to come to America, and we do not ignore those. What we do find is that these past stories are their seeds of present strength. They are brave and resilient women that rely on their past stories to build their new lives in Houston and make our diverse community stronger and more resilient. The Ninth Station Jesus Falls a Third Time We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. He has besieged me and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He has made me dwell in darkness like the dead of long ago. Though I call and cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. Remember, O Lord, my affliction and bitterness, the wormwood and the gall. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is mute, so he opened not his mouth. Let us pray. O God, by the passion of your blessed Son, you made an instrument of shameful death to be for us the means of life. Grant us so to glory in the cross of Christ, that we may gladly suffer shame and loss for the sake of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. Station 9. Jesus Falls a Third Time When I think about this station on the way of the cross, I usually find myself thinking about the a third time portion of the title. Falling three times and then summoning the strength and motivation to rise each time. How much pain and anguish must it have caused? How soul-crushing to fall again. But to an outside observer, to one who had just come across this scene in Jerusalem, they would have just seen Jesus fall once. To that person, this is Jesus' only fall. Or to an observer even further down the road, who never sees Jesus fall, how can that person know the path that Jesus has walked? We are those witnesses. Human compassion and our Christian duty dictates that we lift up the stranger, the other when they fall, that we lift them up regardless of the path they have taken. We don't know how many times our refugee brother or our immigrant sister has fallen, and it doesn't matter. We see their suffering abroad and invite them here, or we see it here and are compelled to serve them in their need. It is easy to get caught up in Jesus' divinity in our prayers and devotions, but today let us recognize Jesus' humanity, and let us recognize that through our humanity we are connected to Him and to His divinity. In his ministry, he saw the stranger, had compassion, and acted to lift them up when they fell. 
Let us see the stranger and the other the way Jesus did, and let us act as Jesus acted. The Tenth Station Jesus is stripped of his garments. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. When they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mingled with gall, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And they divided his garments among them by casting lots. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them. They cast lots for my clothing. They gave me gall to eat, and when I was thirsty, they gave me vinegar to drink. Let us pray. Lord God, whose blessed Son, our Savior, gave his body to be whipped and his face to be spit upon. Give us grace to accept joyfully the sufferings of the present time, confident of the glory that shall be revealed. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, Holy, Immortal One, have mercy upon us. Dear friends in Christ, today we are meditating on the 10th station of the Way of the Cross. Jesus is stripped of his garment. At the foot of the cross, soldiers drew lots to divide Jesus' garments. He was stripped naked and stood exposed before the world. This was an act of humiliation par excellence, an attack on his moral dignity, his purity, and his manhood. And this, we are told, was all about to fulfill the scripture. In other words, he did it willingly. Stripping Jesus of his clothing proved that he was willing to sacrifice his humanity for our salvation. Eddie Clower tells us that this public humiliation of removal of his veil of privacy and modesty was an aspect of martyrdom that the early saints dreaded the most. Surely, Jesus must have dreaded this act. Back in 2017, a group of, of us from the Episcopal Diocese of Massachusetts traveled to Israel for a Holy Land pilgrimage. One of the activities we did the day before the last was that, or in that morning, we walked the way of the cross. As you were saying prayers related to the station when Jesus was stripped of his garment, my mind visualized all the sufferings and humiliations that he went through. At that moment, I realized how our salvation was bought by Jesus' humiliation and degradation and not a glorious event. To save humanity, 
Jesus became like us in every aspect of true humanity and submitted himself to the worst types of torture and mental humiliation. My thought also drew closer all types of mostly human-made sufferings that are happening around the world, injustice, oppression, wars, and human displacement. I wondered about for how long that will continue. Friends in Christ, during this time of Lent, we are called to reflect on this saving act of Jesus. We are encouraged to think about its aim and meaning. We are urged to seek healings. We are asked to work towards the fulfillment of Jesus' ultimate goal by praying and working for positive change. We are encouraged to support those organizations such as Episcopal Migration Ministries that are helping those who are suffering. And knowing that Jesus accepted to suffer for our salvation, we are also urged to pray for grace to accept joyfully the sufferings of the present time, confident of the glory that shall be revealed in due time. Amen. The eleventh station, Jesus is nailed to the cross. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. When they came to the place which is called the skull, there they crucified him, and with him they crucified two criminals, one on the right, the other on the left, and Jesus between them. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, He was numbered with the transgressors. They pierce my hands and my feet. They stare and gloat over me. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. By your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. This is the statement we make at the opening of each station as we follow in the steps of Christ's passion. In this introduction, we proclaim we are moved to adoration and blessing because the cross has brought redemption for the whole world. As we move together through Holy Week, looking forward to Easter, we will be brought to the foot of the cross. We will witness as Jesus is hung to the wooden beams with nails driven into his flesh. It is not an abstract suffering. It is a real body enduring real pain. We will continue proclaiming that this crucifixion brings forth adoration and blessing because it witnesses to God's experience of sacrifice on behalf of the whole world. Our acts of adoration at the foot of the cross bring into focus our shared identity with all those crowded into its shadow. 
We stand in the same place with our siblings who face the most brutal human injustices and suffering. From the perspective of the hardwood of the cross, every human is equal and worthy of its saving embrace. There is no one who does not come within its reach. We cannot look at the faraway neighbor, the family crossing borders, or the desperate sea drifter as any less present to its witness. All of us come to the cross with hope, looking for grace and merciful rescue. Its power to assure us of a new future falls over all who come into its shadow. The Twelfth Station Jesus dies on the cross. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And when Jesus had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And then, crying with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And he bowed his head and handed over his spirit. Christ for us became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Let us pray. O God, who for our redemption gave your only begotten Son to the death of the cross, and by his glorious resurrection delivered us from the power of our enemy, grant us so to die daily to sin, that we may evermore live with him in the joy of his resurrection, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. Dear God, the pain and suffering of those forced to move away from their homes is your pain and suffering. The pain and suffering of those forced to look for a better way of life is your pain and suffering. The pain and suffering of those forced to seek a better future, those forced to die for the inequality that plagues our world is your pain and suffering. You taught us to see you always in the poor, the persecuted, the sick, the migrant. Yet still, it is so high a price that you have to die for us. What unjust a price it is that anyone would die for the life of others, that anyone would die for the promise of a better future, that anyone will die for the abhorrent injustice the plagues our world. Help us. To all of us who see your crucified people, 
to have a soft heart, a heart that moves to action, a heart that longs for justice, a heart that never ceases to see you in this world. Lead us, O God, by your redeeming cross to never waver in the fight for a better future for all your people, that our redemption will lead us to fight for justice, that your cross and the cross of your people will move us to action. May our hearts be troubled, our minds change, our voices raised, our lives transformed to see what lies ahead of death, to ensure that no one dies in vain, and to be at the foot of the cross, whatever it might be, in our nations, in our neighborhoods, in our borders. The thirteenth station, the body of Jesus is placed in the arms of his mother. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. All you who pass by, behold and see if there is any sorrow like my sorrow. My eyes are spent with weeping, my soul is in tumult. My heart is poured out in grief because of the downfall of my people. Do not call me Naomi, which means pleasant. Call me Mara, which means bitter, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Her tears run down her cheeks, and she has none to comfort her. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, by your death you took away the sting of death. Grant to us, your servants, so to follow in faith where you have led the way, that we may at length fall asleep peacefully in you and wake up in your likeness, for your tender mercy's sake. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. Station 13. The body of Jesus is placed in the arms of his mother. When Jesus' body is taken down from the cross, Mary's child is finally addressed in her arms again. His face is clutched to her breast. Her arms are wrapped around his mutilated body. Her heart, which for years has beamed with love for Jesus, is now overcome by deep and unfathomable sorrow. At that very moment, fulfilling Simeon's prophecy, her soul is pierced with a sort of anguish and unspeakable pain. Beneath the cross at Golgotha, and embracing the body of God incarnate, Mary now holds the whole hurting world in her arms. Mary lives in the heart of all who to this day suffer oppression or grieve over loss and death. Over 4,000 forced migrants and refugees have died around the world since 2014. Millions of us have cried at the sight of Alan Kurdi, a tiny three-year-old Syrian refugee lying face down on the shores of Turkey, his body 
washed up by the sea. I should have died with them, cries his father who survived. Having all his dreams suddenly crushed, it seems like his whole life drowned with Alan and his mother. Such anguish is also shared by Tanya Vanessa Avalos, a young Salvadoran mother who lost her daughter and husband to the rapids of Rio Grande. Just like with Mariad Golgotha, Tanya's soul has been pierced with a sword too. Yet Mary knew that Christ died so that we may live. She knew that our darkness will eventually be overcome by Christ's light. Jesus is the Redeemer of our souls, the one who brings consolation to all our pain and despair. May we, the living body of Christ, continue to bring light into the dark places. May we stretch the mantle of God's love over those who lost their lives to war and violence and who grieved the loss of their fellow refugees and migrants. The 14th Station Jesus is laid in the tomb. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn in the rock, and he rolled a great stone to the door of the tomb. You will not abandon me to the grave, nor let your Holy One see corruption. Let us pray. O God, your blessed Son was laid in a tomb in a garden and rested on the Sabbath day. Grant that we who have been buried with him in the waters of baptism may find our perfect rest in his eternal and glorious kingdom where he lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. Jesus is laid in the tomb. Jesus, your body is prepared for burial. Joseph gave you his own tomb. He laid your body there and rolled a large stone in front of it, then went home. Walking the stations of the cross provides us an opportunity to experience Jesus as the embodiment of the crucified classes of people in the world. If we understand Jesus as a poor Palestinian Jew living every day as a subject of the Roman Empire, we can better relate to those among us whose backs are against the wall. It is the disinherited among us who, like Jesus, bear the burden of the cross. As we come to the 14th station of the cross, 
My invitation to you is to envision the crucified people of our times. Who do you see? Is it the two-year-old child who has been separated from her mother, her father, her siblings and cousins, now jailed in a cage at the border? Is it the formerly incarcerated person who no one will hire and is homeless, hungry, and unable to vote? Or is it the young black and brown families that breathe the fumes of the manufacturing plants in the bus terminal intentionally placed on their side of town? Perhaps it is the family who live in a food desert where the only place to purchase food is in the local gas station or convenience store where fruits, vegetables, and meat are not sold. The 14th station also invites us to mirror Joseph's response to witnessing the crucified body of Jesus. Joseph takes Jesus's disowned body and lays it with love in Joseph's own tomb. He goes beyond himself and turns his back on himself through his loving actions. How can we do the same in our accompaniment of the crucified classes of people in our communities? What will we do individually and in community to embrace the bodies and needs of the disinherited, dispossessed, and disowned? Let us re-remember Joseph's actions as part of our commitment to repent and live anew in love and compassion. Concluding prayers before the altar. Savior of the world, by your cross and precious blood, you have redeemed us. Save us and help us, we humbly beseech you, O Lord. Let us pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have delivered us from the dominion of sin and death and brought us into the kingdom of your Son. And we pray that as by his death he has recalled us to life, so by his love he may raise us to eternal joys, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. To Christ our Lord who loves us and washed us in his own blood and made us a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>